Welcome to the Virtual Roundtable, New Marketing and Sales Strategies for Future Success, sponsored by Hawkeye, powered by Epsilon, and GymPass. Before we get started, here's a little bit more information about our sponsors. Hawkeye, powered by Epsilon, is the premier fitness marketing agency and long-standing Rex trusted supplier. Hawkeye offers full-service, end-to-end proven marketing solutions based on data-driven insights and industry expertise. GymPass is a corporate wellness solution that helps companies revolutionize the way their employees engage in fitness and wellness. The platform includes over 50,000 fitness partners, 60 wellness apps, and 2,000 personal trainers. Thank you to both of our sponsors. Hi, everyone. My name is Alinda Mitchell, and I will be moderating the panel today. Uh, I am the Director of Public and Government Relations at the Newtown Athletic Club. Um, and I've been in the field, in the industry, for 39 years. So I'm really happy to be here. And I'm very excited to learn some new ideas and best practices from the fine folks on the panel today. Um, you, this, you can always learn something new, no matter how long you've been in the business. And um, that's something that really excites me each and every day. So before we actually dive in uh, with some of our questions, I'd like to introduce everybody. So I will first introduce Shilpi Sullivan. Just wave, Shilpi. <laughs> there you are. Uh, the VP of Marketing at EOS Fitness. Uh, she does a lot of traveling in her job. We were just talking before uh, the program began. So uh, she's actually squeezing us in between many things that she's doing, many exciting things. Um, I'd next like to introduce Mary Kay Marzoni. Give us a wave, Mary Kay. Yes, thank you. The Director of Marketing and, Marketing and PR at Fitness Formula Clubs, a fine, fine group of clubs in the Chicago area. Thank you for being on the panel, Mary Kay. Next is Greg Dowd, um, whom I've known in the industry for a long time, um, have worked with Greg and his team off and on for years. He is the portfolio lead at Hawkeye, powered by Epsilon, and of course, one of our sponsors today. So thank you. Next, Massey Sardi. Give us a wave, Massey. Thank you. Massey is the managing partner at Jim Pass, a really terrific company. Um, I, I would say up and coming, but not really. Jim Passes have been well established now for a while. So, and doing great things in the industry. And thank you for your sponsorship. Um, and last but not least, Tom Daimler. Tom, give us a wave. Thank you. The senior vice president of California Family Fitness. Great group of clubs out on the West Coast um, who are uh, in uh, the process of, uh, well, depending on when this actually airs, opening, not being open, <laughs> we don't know. So, so, and along those lines, I'd like to just preface uh, um, or at least set us up for our question and answer session uh, by saying that um, we are certainly in a state of flux right now in our industry. And we were just discussing the fact that as we move forward, we used to plan three, six months in advance with our marketing and sales. And now sometimes we plan three days in advance or three weeks in advance. Um, so we will be addressing um, 
ideas and strategies um, in this panel discussion today, uh, keeping in mind that uh, by the time you see this, some new things may have even happened or occurred. So we'll try to keep a, uh, that vision in mind and move forward in that way. So let's begin with our first question. And um, anybody can dive in on this. And I'd like everybody to have a chance to speak to each question, but that's totally not necessary. And we will do this in a really conversational way. So feel free to, um, 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 you know, appropriately add in, you know, or even ask questions of each other. I think that would be terrific. So let's begin with the idea of, how do you think the coronavirus pandemic has uh, changed gym marketing and sales strategies? That's a big loaded question. Um, so, uh, and some of our other questions also address that too. But let's narrow it down a little. Like, what are some keys that you can think of targeting consumers in this? Uh, I'm going to say post-pandemic world, although I'm not quite sure we're post-pandemic yet. So let's just say in this unique world. Um, does anybody want to jump in and be first? Who will be my first person? Thanks, Jopi. Well, so what we've definitely noticed right now, there's a mixed perception if gyms are safe. And when gyms first reopened, we definitely had that wave of people coming but there was also a lot of trepidation um, on, you know, just like the safety of gyms. So we decided we needed to focus on consumer education. We unfortunately had to go through um, a reopening and then a reclosing and then some reopenings. So when we had to close again, we took a deep dive into the data. We've been tracking how many workouts we have. We've been tracking how many reported cases of COVID there have been. And we realized that within our gyms, we've had less than a half percent of reported cases. So we actually worked with Blair from Medallia on uh, making this data available industry-wide because now more than ever, we've had to band together as an industry and showing people, showing everyone's members, all consumers, that gyms are a safe place to be. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yes. And uh, Tom can probably talk to this as well. In Illinois, we created an Illinois Fitness Alliance, several of the of gyms, large, small, boutique. Uh, you know, all of a sudden we weren't competitors. You know, we were all in it together just to just to stay open. Um, and the Illinois Fitness Alliance, um, it's allowed us to have a, a seat at the table, both um, um, citywide, at least in the Chicagoland area, as well as um, statewide, you know, in the, the larger base of, of Illinois. And so that's been super helpful. And using Blair's uh, tools and, and data has been, um, has been uh, just invaluable. Yep. And Shilpi made a great point that, you know, looking at the data is key. And we're spending a lot of resources monitoring analyzing these trends because as we just said you know this is changing every day and we need to be monitoring these trends in order to garner insights and figure out what the marketing strategy should be um but you're right the target audience the types of imagery and creative the channels we use uh the types of offers and call to action are all varying and, and changing dramatically yeah i know in uh here in uh, California, 
or at least at, at CalFit, I've noticed that um, the biggest, one of the biggest changes for us has been uh, identifying our current members as that target audience and selling them on using the club and coming to the club and, and that it's safe. Um, it's uh, been a much larger focus. Usually our members are our members and the way we reach them is through their visits to the club. Well, when they're not visiting the club, we need to maintain that contact and minimize our freezes and cancels. And, um, you know, having no benchmark as to whether or not we're being successful is, is a little frustrating because we've never had to do that before. Um, yeah, I feel like we've had some successes with it and, and learned from some other instances. Tom, have you done any segmentation of your members and marketed and communicated to them differently? No, uh, you know, I, I, that's a great point. It's a great idea. It's just that uh, during our first closure, we're in our, we're in our second closure right now. And uh, during the first closure, there was, we went from 1,400 employees to 11. And so we just didn't have the resources to really dig in and do that or, you know, financial or, or uh, you know, personnel. So we just did the shotgun at our members, shotgun approach. and. And just you know, basically communicated the same way to all of them. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to justify the marketing spend when you have no revenue coming in. Uh, you know, that's mm -hmm. been yeah. that's been a huge challenge. Um, mm -hmm. We've been segmenting our current member database based on our freezes or holds. You know, many mm -hmm. many clubs um, and gyms have allowed for that as well as recently canceled people so going back to uh, what she'll be said about education um, you know it's starting you know with our immediate <laughs> with our immediate circle right and making sure that um, that uh, members on freeze and canceled members know what we're doing to keep the club safe and then um, um, really trying to activate the active members who are coming in to let other people know that whole word of mouth um, you know, referral aspect of if they feel safe, then they'll then they'll tell people. So that's mm -hmm. one thing we've really been concentrating on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from our perspective at Gymplus, you know, we have the additional variable of the HR. So we work a lot with the corporate. We work only with corporations. So for us, it was very important to keep the employees engaged through HR. Um, every employee, every consumer has a different situation. Uh, laws change locally based on this virus. So being flexible um, and keep the employees and the users engaged uh, to make sure they continue to know about our fitness partners or, or visit virtual classes if they offer them, it was particularly important in our case. Shilpi, you talked about the education message. Is it all about safety or is it also about just the benefits of, of immunity by working out and that sort of uh, message as well? It's that message as well. That's a good point, Greg. Um, one thing that we've seen a lot of success with, even now, we're still continuing to offer the at-home workouts and live streaming classes because it is what it is. There are members that are not comfortable being back in the gym. There's also people who, honestly, they shouldn't be back in the gym. If you have underlying conditions and if you're vulnerable, then why put yourself at risk? but fitness is important and you have to keep it up. So providing the live streaming, the on-demand, building out our YouTube channel, 
So now it's meeting everyone from different angles. If you're good at being back in the gym, you've got the gym. If you're not, then you have all these different options for people that want to come into the gym. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of safety focus, the cleaning, the safety, um, mm -hmm. that we're doing everything we can to make sure that everyone has a, a good, solid, safe fitness experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really yeah. about meeting people where they are right now more than ever. Yep. Uh, you all mentioned live streaming, and I'd just like to uh, just talk a little bit about how you think that's going to play out in the future. Um, you know, our, our digital programming aspect. Do you think that is here to stay and has a real place for us? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah. We've seen this we, with many of our partners. Oh, go ahead, back, please. No, go ahead. I was just saying that we've seen this with many of our partners. And uh, at the beginning, I think a lot of um, gyms and studios didn't engage with virtual because they were hoping that this pandemic was going to be very short. Uh, but then over time, it became a very important aspect of their offering. And even when they reopened, um, they continued to do this. Right? For example, barriers or solid core uh, on the studio side, uh, especially. And I think, uh, you know, with all the digital offering, that is a lot, including not pure fitness players. Uh, it's important to focus on the quality, right? On the quality of this uh, classes. Uh, because you don't have the proximity aspect anymore. You're not going to a gym just because it's closed, it's closed, but you're going because of the quality, because you can go anywhere uh, based on where you are. So I think quality uh, would be very important uh, when it comes to live stream. Yeah, before the pandemic, um, FFC had uh, launched a virtual platform that offered um, mostly uh, virtual options and um, it, it um, I guess it was a good thing, right? So with the pandemic, we were able to transition to the virtual option and begin offering live streaming um, fairly easily. But that was our plan back in December of 2019 was look, we've got to, again, meet people where they are and create this ultra convenience, right? It's, it's, it's so convenient that you don't even have to leave your house to take advantage of it. And that was, you know, sort of the, the idea of it. And um, I don't think that that's going to go away. The beauty of that is uh, of, the, uh, of, of that is that in the future and post uh, COVID, we may actually see fewer freezes because people that would normally freeze because of yes. not being able to go to the gym may take advantage of uh, of the streaming yes. services. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And our, our clients that are, <clears throat> excuse me, actively marketing the online and, and the virtual classes and the digital fitness. Are seeing really good results and responsiveness from it so it's a message that is resonating with the consumers right now and when uh, you mentioned a lot of your clients were doing that greg when they do that are do you know if they're charging still charging membership or if the, if the live stream services are free uh, in you most know? cases they're offering a complimentary you know to their members uh, in a lot of cases, they're also charging for non-members and, and marketing, you know, to, to open up their you know, market opportunity. And if you have a real robust solution uh, that's, you know, high quality and has lots of services, there is a, a demand for, for um, to sell it as well. 
So sort of a digital digital membership that could actually feed into um, uh, live membership. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing, right? Once you've been doing it for a little bit, you're like, boy, I really miss the club. I really miss the gym, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it is one of those things that we are hoping brings people back around. But when you can't be there, be able yeah. to, you know, have it as an option. Yeah. Yeah. It also opens up like the digital offerings. It's a whole new market. It's a whole new geography, right? I mean, for us, we've really built up our YouTube library. I was so shocked by the international presence yes. that we're having. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yes. Yes. Our, we're experiencing that with our Facebook Lives, too, where someone's like, I'm here from Israel. What? Yeah. what? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, so that's a, that's a, a really important PR marketing strategy is the digital. Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. I can see that. And, and uh, we also did the same thing here at the Newtown Athletic Club. Uh, we had started a program, as you did, Mary Kay, uh, mm -hmm. right before the COVID. And our timing, we just like, we just put the put the, uh, turned up the gas on that. Yeah. And we got yeah. it done in, you know, in two weeks instead of four months. So, mm -hmm. so it's amazing what you can do when you have to, right? Right. Right. Um, uh, in our case, we, go ahead. I was going to say, in our case, we saw it coming in Europe because we have presence, Jimpas, we have a presence in Latin America and Europe as well. So we saw it coming there, right? So we were able to respond quicker. Because what happened here in the US happened in Europe maybe three, four weeks before. So that was very helpful for us to try to be reactive on that. Okay. So I guess I want to segue into uh, we, we've kind of we've identified that and we've got that under control in order to really bring folks back into the fold when when it's when it's OK, uh, when we're all ready. And I know that's different for each of us in our various locations. What are some uh, PR or messaging strategies that we might use? Because in the end, we all know that the live experience, the person-to-person -person contact is probably the most effective and the most um, um, rewarding experience. So what are some strategies that you, you, that you might do to make that happen, to make people like really miss you and, and want to come back? We've done some like countdowns to opening, uh, you know, that get back to training messaging, the now open, of course, when that's the case, uh, really promoting that again to the members, to former members, to every segment, to the community, uh, but re reassuring the scheduled workouts, touchless check-ins, outdoor workouts, um, you know, messages that are low risk as far as you know, low cost to get started, month-to-month -month memberships, more and more chains have, have taken on uh, some business models different from what they used to. Uh, so those are some, some examples. And that's interesting. N newer, different business models um, to, to remove uh, barriers. Okay. Right. That's, that's what, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. To piggyback on Greg, I mean, this is so simple, but communicate that you're open 
And I feel like that's just something that some people have missed the mark on. Uh, members, consumers, prospects, they don't know. Uh, everyone, I mean, it's, you just look at like social media. When are you opening in this city? When are you opening? When are you opening? People aren't paying attention to when gyms can reopen, um, what the local mandates and reopening plans are. So when you're allowed to reopen, scream it from the rooftops. And be super direct. We had welcome back on our website. Welcome back, reopening details below. And people were still like, are you open? Are you open? And so literally I had, I changed it to we're open. But it's like, welcome back wasn't clear, obviously, I, you know, I, and that's okay. We, we, we rolled with it, you know? So, yeah good good yeah we uh, well we we i was gonna say we uh our challenge is we have an entirely different product now because we're not open for in indoor workouts but we've put twenty thousand square foot tents in the parking lots of mo of the majority of our locations and people you know they they don't equate you know the tent to the gym sure. and and so we have uh, an entirely new outdoor fitness product that we've had to come up with logos and marketing and and uh, and really kind of like we're starting a new business. So yeah, it's a little crazy. That, that's that's yeah. a terrific. I know a lot of clubs are doing that. Masi, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was saying from in our case, what we did uh, for the reopenings, of course, when it's allowed by the local authorities, is to develop a technology that basically tells the user uh, that visited the specific gym location uh, that the gym is now open. So informing them uh, that the gym, the location is open automatically. So, for example, one of our partners is Lifetime, and let's say one of the users visited their location and their location reopens the user will be notified uh, immediately. This is for the, the gyms that reopen. Uh, the ones that don't open, what we did was uh, still leveraging HR. Uh, we did events with our clients, with some of our partners virtually. For example, with F45, we did a virtual class uh, for the employees of one of our clients. And that's something that we did during this pandemic to stay engaged with them. Mm. Love that. Love the idea that that was sort of, um, automatic for you in other words yeah. they would they would get that notification automatically and and i love uh Shilpi and mary Kay the idea that the simpler the message the better that we often do overcomplicate things and and having done marketing for so many years i thought i would think i nailed it and i didn't one little word would have thrown the message off and and uh I learned to accept that <laughs> right, and not fight it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I have a, a question here that uh, on my list that is one of my favorites. Um, how are you responding to negative PR? Uh, how would you recommend that clubs, if they, they happen to be the recipient of negative press, um, how would you um, uh, suggest that they respond to that? And has that happened to you? Um, yeah, I can start on that. Be consistent. Be consistent in your approach. Um, be consistent in how you communicate. Be honest. Be transparent. 
This is new to everyone. I mean, it's new to business owners. It's new to consumers. Nobody knows what they're doing. And everyone's kind of, you know, doing the best that they can. Um, for, for us, we've definitely had some negativity around the mask wearing. There's people that they just don't want to wear masks. They're not a fan of it. And here we are, I mean, as Tom knows, opening, closing, having to close again, closing again, reopening again. It's, it's hard. And we have to earn the right to stay open. That is what we're communicating. We need our members to help us earn the right to stay open. We've got our front desk team. They're the ones who are happy, smiling, bubbly. But then they're also on the receiving end of people who don't want to wear masks. Then you've got people who, when you ask them to wear a mask and they don't want to, um, it's come up for us that it's a discrimination issue. And we have had some negative PR around that. But with us, we've also been very consistent and very honest, very transparent. That way, it's very easy for us to say, no, this has nothing to do with discrimination. You weren't wearing a mask. Like, that's all it's about. So if you muddy up your messaging, then you don't have kind of something to stand on. You have to build that foundation. Yeah. Yeah, and I would, I would, I, I think the, the most negative PR, if you will, that we've experienced is social media, right? You, you post something that you think is going to have a positive effect and maybe it doesn't. And um, that's been a whole learning experience through this. I'm so thankful for social media, um, but sometimes those responses are so public. And, um, you know, the old adage was you should always respond to everything. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, mm, I might just let that, I might just let that one go. So trying to strategically decide what you want to um, fight publicly and, and what you don't want to fight publicly. You know, we really try to be transparent, be consistent, and get those individual situations out of the public eye, you know, and into a direct conversation as, as quickly mm -hmm. as, as we can. Um, mm -hmm. But that's been that's been eye opening through this through this whole process. Yeah, I think being quick here is very important. Even if you decide not to address uh, mm -hmm. or to address whatever decision you make, should be quick because if you decide to address and that's the right thing to do, it's important to do it soon. And of course, yeah. as you said, being way. honest. Yeah, mm -hmm. being honest and transparent because if there is a real issue, it's important to dig deeper and try to solve that issue and then communicate mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To Mary Kay's point, I mean, on social media, that same thing with us, right? It was the old, you should respond to everything. We've actually noticed that, I mean, a, a lot of our members are taking care of it for yes. us. Yes. And that's been amazing to see is when, yes, yeah, you're self, the self-regulation. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of to see that unfold on social where you're like, oh, okay, thank you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I think... I know, on, uh, I know on Instagram, you can uh, turn off the ability for people to respond to your posts, and that's been helpful. It just keeping it at a communicate, you know, one-way conversation has has actually helped a little bit. Nobody's complained about not being able to, uh, you know, uh, respond to our posts on on that. Now, Facebook, maybe, 
you know, you can't do that. So we, we do respond to, we, we still respond to all of it, but what we do is we take the bad conversations offline as right. much as we can. And, and uh, that's been pretty successful for us. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the two ways so much. I guess it's there. Everyone has their limits on what's being said and, and what's, what's happening. Um, but, but yeah, the, the, the difficult or the purposely difficult or the trolling that, that goes on, it's, that's a difficult thing to, to navigate. And sometimes you just have to unengage and disengage from it to make it. <laughs> and usually it goes away generally. It goes away. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, were you going to say something? I wasn't sure. It's okay if you uh, I was just going to say, yeah, adding an educational component to responses where you're telling them why, you know, mm -hmm. you know, put things to rest quickly too sometimes. Sure, sure, sure. I like this conversation around social media, media because it's so crucial to our communication and it's a, it's a huge piece of the communication pie. Um, so it's important that we address it. And I like what you said. Uh, members can be our allies, both on social media and in in real time, if you will, um, especially with um, helping us enforce guidelines, COVID guidelines. Um, I think that that um, is something that if as long as we are clear, as you said, Shilpi, about what, what those guidelines are for us, our club, then we're all in this together or our club won't remain open. And that is the goal for everyone. So that's that's really, really good. Um, what other lines of communication do you use? Um, let's talk about email. And you talked a little bit about segmenting and target marketing, and I know that applies specifically to email. How has your email communication strategies, how have they been going and how do you see them moving forward? Yeah, I can. Oh, go ahead, Mary <laughs> Um, I, Yeah, email was kind of one of those things pre-COVID that we we were really struggling with engagements and open rates and you know uh, mixing up the funnel and 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 trying to do different things and then and then the 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 shutdowns happened and um, email came roaring back at least for us you know open rates were. In, right, because it was kind of the only way to 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 communicate, and um, and and now you know post reopening, uh, really being able to dig down and segment like we've never segmented before um, mm. has really um, has really helped on the on the email side. And just another line of communication is um, you know, for clubs that have the staffing and it's just the, the, the phone, just picking up the phone and calling mm. someone, you know, that's a difficult mm -hmm. mass thing, but, um, you know, a telephone conversation where you don't have the screen between the two people can sometimes help, um, you know, get to, get to a place where both parties are, <laughs> are good. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think with with uh, uh, the phone, and we did a huge phone campaign right when we closed down in March and called literally thousands of members. And we just got our team together and we divided up the list. And it was a great PR success. But I think on the phone, you have, you can hear someone's voice, their tone, 
you can't see their body language. That's always nice, but, and that's the, that's the most effective way to communicate. So that's what we look at the most is body language, which is kind of why I love these Zoom type calls because we can see each other. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives us a little bit more information. Um, but getting back to the emails, I'm curious, what are the platforms that you use for your email communications? Would you be able to share that? We use HubSpot. Okay. Okay. We did use that as well. Uh, we, we use Braze. It's, uh, it seems, I don't know if you, if you know it, it's very flexible and allows us to change and alter the message very quickly, especially in this very changing environment and has a lot of data based on the interactions from the users when they open and read the emails. Right, right, right. I've, I've never heard of that one. How do you spell that, Masi? B-R-A-Z-E. Braze, B-R-A-Z-E. Okay, there's a, there's a tip for everyone. Greg, how about you? You're, uh, you're, yeah. This is your wheelhouse. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, we do a lot of email marketing on behalf of our clients. A lot do use HubSpot, CloverOS, some of the industry standards. And, and you're talking primarily about CRM marketing, your first party data of your members, former members, missed guests, your leads that come in you know, your, your new joins, but we've been doing just like that type of email has had great open rates. Our, our mm -hmm. paid email, our acquisition email, where we're targeting uh, lists that you don't have access to of people in your community and trade area. And we're getting much improved open rates and conversion rates and, you know, one of the lowest cost per acquisition of all digital channels. So that's a, a service that's growing for us tremendously right now. Very interesting, especially now when we're, I know we're all in survival mode, but we're also hopefully moving towards growth mode again. Um, I know that's where we all want to go. Um, and was someone going to jump in there? Okay, when we, when we do get closer to that growth mode um what are are there some ideas that you have for how you might proceed forward what might some of your messaging be because i know our listeners uh we're talking now <laughs> and our listeners will be hearing this in a few weeks from now um at best um so let's think about maybe what things might look like come january i know that that's it's hard to predict in this um in this particular environment, but what are some thoughts that you might have about moving forward and hopefully our future growth? That's a hard one. I mean, it, right now everything changes. Um, for us, we when we had to reclose in Arizona, we literally had less than five hours notice that we had to close 22 gyms, furlough over 3,000 people. Same thing happened in California, um, you know, less than half a day's notice. So it, it's really hard to try to think that far ahead. But if you take a step back and just kind of look at what, what is the data out there? When, what is it, when is it that we think we're gonna have a vaccine? When is it that it is being predicted that this will be a little more controlled? And you can only you can go off the information that's available because I go back to this is new for everyone. We haven't gone through this. 
So at this time, for us at least, it's continue to show that the gyms are clean. I mean, that, that is, that's timeless. That's timeless messaging. The gyms are safe, the gyms are clean. Um, we should always be doing that pre-COVID, mm -hmm. post-COVID, all of it. And so, yeah, it's just to continue to show it's just that the prevention measures, the safety, the cleanliness, and do the best you can with it right now. Yeah, and not only not only showing it to your members and your prospects, but also your public officials, right? Those people that are going to make those decisions, right? And and how can you, um, how are you able to to show that and and get in front of those people um, creatively, resourcefully? Um, and um, I think January's going to look, you know, I can't right now. I can't see. Um, you know, a crowded club in January, right? So I think a lot of it's going to have to do with digital and in person, right? Some kind of some kind of hybrid hybrid plan, right? Like I don't think the New Year's resolution thing will go away completely, but it's 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 how we um, market and talk about the solution for it that'll be that'll be different. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, there, I think I think education. Uh, is kind of the key word there in, in the advertising that we do. We, typically, we haven't done as much education as I, I kind of foresee in the future. Uh, you know, hope, hopefully we'll be indoors by January. I don't, I'm not sure of that, but um, you know, yeah. Uh, and uh, I think that education in terms of safety, comfort, uh, benefits of exercise, all that kind of, all those kind of educational messages are gonna be really important. And more important than, you know, join for $25 or whatever, you know, people put out there. I think that people are more concerned with that than, than the offer. Mm. Yeah, yes. I think the, the gyms will bounce back. So people still want to work out. There's still a lot of demand for working out. So in the meantime, it's really about, as Mary Kay said before, meeting them where they are. Uh, so I think the holistic approach is the best right now. Uh, in this uncertain environment and uh, flexibility as well is very important again. Mm. Mm. I tend to be the, the, the optimist and look at, you know, the positive signs and trends that we're seeing. You know, we do know we'll be past the election. We'll be, uh, there's predictions of a vaccine before end of year. Um, we've seen with closings and openings and closings that there is pent up demand that despite concerns, people do want to work out. There's a lot of people. So, uh, and we know January is, is the seasonality. So if some of these positive things do come to fruition in Q4, I could see Q1 being uh, as bigger, bigger than, than former years. So I think there's a real opportunity. A lot of our clients are reserving incremental budgets, larger budgets than, um, you know, the rest of this year, of course, but um, you know, with a backup plan of, of, of trimming back on those budgets should should mm -hmm. things not be ready. But uh, you know, there's a lot of clients that are very optimistic as well in terms of, of having, having a strong January and first quarter. I love your optimism, Greg. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's perfect, actually. Um, earlier on, and and someone just mentioned it again. Um, I think when we think about messaging and marketing, we have a new 
target area to pay attention to, and that is specifically our public officials. I, I don't know who mentioned that, if it was Mary Kay or Shilpi, but um, we have been in the position now where we've had to really interact with our public officials more than ever because, of course, they have control. And their perception of our industry is really askew. And they see us as being um, not the key part of the wellness continuum that we really are. So we have been working very hard, I know, at the, at the uh, level of our association, URSA, and, and our media outlets, such as Club Solutions, have been wonderful at spreading the word about how uh, critical we are to um, the health and well-being of our nation. And I think that we have to start putting that into our, into our marketing plan is how do we how do we educate our officials and the alliances that have been formed throughout the country um, in the various states I think are key to this as you said Mary Kay you have one in uh, Illinois I know there's a very strong one in California Tom and so for the listeners uh, check that out in your state to see if there is an alliance that has been formed, and if there hasn't been, form one. And I know that URSA will go out of their way to support that and help you with that. We've done that here in Pennsylvania, and we are constantly now writing letters to our Department of Health and the governor to continually re-educate them as to all the new data that's come out um, about safety, and the lack of community spread in our clubs. So this is something that now that we've opened up these doors of communication, we can't let them close again. So that's my two cents worth <laughs> on that, unless someone has something to add. But certainly you know where to reach all of us. And if, if anyone who would be listening has questions about that, I can help you. Um, I think that um, we've covered a lot of ground here and you, you, all of you very fine folks have given us some, some great insights. Um, I just would like to go back and review some of the things that I've heard and then invite you each to say something just to sort of close out, something that you think maybe we've missed or whatever. But I think we've talked about our messaging being more about our safety, our cleanliness, um, and, um, how we uh, and our, our, our uh, quality of programming, but certainly safety and cleanliness so that our members and the public will feel comfortable with us. Um, I think we've talked about how um, our members can be our best advocates, both in real time and on social media. And we need to utilize them, especially when we get into sticky situations, if you will, when there is some negative PR or there is some, some um, some buzz on social media, which doesn't quite go our way. I think that, um, you know, there are advocates and we, we need to really encourage that. Um, I want to just put in a plug for MX Metrics, uh, Blair McKaney and his group. I, I probably most of us do work with him on um, um, his member feedback system, but he did some great work surveying the industry. And all you have to do, do is go to MX metrics.com and you can um, have access to that data 
which basically shows that over 49 million check-ins um, were tallied over the last few months in all of our clubs. And we had about 1,100 incidences out of 49 million of COVID cases. And none of them were really traced back to our clubs. So that's, that's, a, that's really good news. And we knew that. We just have to let everybody else know that. Live streaming is here to stay. <laughs> I think everybody agreed on that. Um, digital, for sure, is our main way of communicating, at least for now. Um, and uh, I did mention social media is key. And then finally, um, open up your new market and communicate with your public officials. So with that, um, I'd like to invite you each to just say one or two sentences about um, everything in general, and we'll close out. Shilpi, I'll start with you. All right. So as you're kind of rebuilding and uh, you know figuring out what your messaging is, that for us, it's been at stay true to who you are. Don't lose sight of what your brand is, what your core values are, um, your core purpose as an organization. There's a reason that your members have been choosing to be a member of your club. And the primary messaging for us has always still been to stay, it's staying true to our brand and then piling on the secondary messaging right now of, you know, cleanliness and mask wearing. And it's for being able to quickly pivot that secondary messaging to continue to stay relevant because it just keeps changing. So you've got to stay relevant and deliver relevant content while still staying true to your brand. Excellent. Thank you. Well put. <laughs> Mary Kay? Yeah, just to piggyback on that, I think um, it's like becoming, right now, it's like becoming a better version of ourselves, right? And that's true of mm. our businesses. It's true of our industry. Um, and I just think um, that that's really what it is, right? Um, uh, to your point on core values, our core values were always about safety and improvement. And now we're just, now that's more than ever, right? Um, so it's like becoming a better version of ourselves and really concentrating on that. And, and one of the things that we try to do is really put that consumer hat on and figure out what they want and how they want to be communicated with. Um, and that's, um, that's a big piece of advice that, um, that I would pass along. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Greg. Yeah, I'm, I mentioned I'm optimistic and I'm Hopeful all of us are optimistic that at some point, you know, things are going to be really good for the industry again. And uh, but there's two main things that, that we can be doing in the meantime that we highly recommend. You know, one is, you know, working on infrastructure, making sure that you've got control of your data and the database, that you have some marketing technology infrastructure that's the right for you down the road. It doesn't cost a lot to get things set up. You know, it's time and resources which don't have available right now. So uh, take take some resource investment and, and put that infrastructure in place. The other thing that we're definitely seeing is those who do keep some level of marketing going uh, are, are, you know, continue to see the best results from what they do. So so don't completely go black on, on any channel. 
keep keep some level of marketing going at all times. And uh, the most effective marketing is retargeting. So you know, obviously marketing to your members and your first party data, but retargeting across search, social display, email uh, is highly efficient and effective right now. So um, you know, that's our advice we're giving. You know, invest in, in that infrastructure now, and it'll pay off as things uh, improve. Thank you, thank you. Lots of good tips there. Um, Masi. Yeah, from our perspective, we're also very optimistic. Right? In the meantime, uh, what we typically recommend is continue to focus on your existing or old members, on your, your own community, uh, either if they were coming directly or through third parties, but investing in your brand is very important. And how it's it's important to do it with a holistic approach, right? So digital, uh, online, social media, everything when it comes to marketing, but also in term in terms of offering itself, doing outdoor if you can, or any other uh, type of offering, digital live stream on demand, trying to be there because things uh, things change all the time. And of course, important it's important to continue to focus on your existing community, but in the meantime not to forget about creating a new pipeline, right? New pipeline potential customers, as we all want to bring new people to the industry, uh, even people that were not working out before at all, and not just the ones that were working out. And I think especially with the limited spots that some uh, type of providers might have, from our perspective, corporations and HR are the best channel to do this because of course, more, now more than ever, they want to have their employees healthy. So that's important. That's a good way for us to get new users as soon as things come better. Thank you. Keep them healthy. <laughs> that's what we do. Tom. Yeah, one thing to, you know, don't forget to reach out to your uh, media partners. Uh, our partners have been amazing. I've had so much free radio, free billboards, and, uh, you know things that uh, that our partners have stepped up during this this difficult uh, you know financial time for us, and uh, they want to preserve those relationships moving into a post-COVID uh, era. And they've been amazing uh, to work with and extremely helpful. Uh, you know some some of those uh, opportunities for us, uh, you know, kind of go toward the, uh, a public service type of announcement, but we're we're involved in that announcement, and um, uh, they've been extremely helpful. So don't forget that you that we're not alone uh, in in this uh, challenge that we have. So uh, that's uh, that's one thing I think that we should all uh, you know move forward thinking about. Great point. Thank you, Tom. I love that the, our media partners. Well, you've all given us a lot of great points. Uh, thank you very much from, from different aspects of the industry. Uh, that was very helpful. I know I learned a lot. I said I would in the beginning and I was right. Um, so thank you to Club Solutions, everyone attending the retreat, enjoy. I know I speak for all of us when we say it was an honor and a pleasure to be here. So everyone stay positive. Bye-bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.